Hello and welcome to PW's Litcast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. I'm Emma Wenner, Religion News Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Auguste Morales, whose book, We Are Not Refugees, True Stories of the Displaced, is being published by Imagine, an imprint of Charles Bridge, the sponsor of today's podcast. Hello, Auguste. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. I wanted to talk to you about the title of your book. Can you explain it and how you came up with it? Yes, the title actually it was given to me by a Syrian refugee. I met him in, in Lesbos, in the Greek island of, of Lesbos. And uh, he used to have a factory in, in Aleppo. He was uh, fleeing the war. He was with his family, you know, and he told me, we are not refugees. And then, like, he was meaning, like, okay, I'm not part of this mass of impoverished people who are trying to reach Europe, no? And this made me think, because uh, a lot of people, they don't want to, to relate with this label of, of refugees. And if, it gave me, the, the, I think, the perfect title for, for the book, also because at the beginning, what I was trying to do is, okay, I'm going to write a book about refugees. And then I realized that many of them, they were not refugees, either because they were inside of, uh, of their own country, so they, they never crossed a, an international border, or because they were actually not refugees because they didn't get the asylum. So he gave me the, the, the perfect title for, for the book. Yeah, that is a perfect title. And you write that there are more vulnerable people fleeing war and other crises today than ever before. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the people in your book and, and what they're escaping? Yes, in, in the book I tried to, to strike a balance between the human stories and the context, because I think it's very important to understand where these people are, are, are coming from. And, uh, well, I mean, uh, there's uh, people from all, all over the world with uh, different, uh, different stories, but uh, many of them uh, are surprising in, in, in the sense that what, what I try to do is we have this, this idea of, of people fleeing war being passive. And what I try to do is uh, to describe them as active people. Sometimes we, we have the question of, okay, so what, what's the solution? What, what should we do? And increasingly, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that the, the, the answer is not with the government, but it's with, uh, with these people. No? And for instance, I remember one of the stories of the book, this guy whom I met in South Sudan, he was doing a, like a Photoshop with, uh, with pictures of people from the camp. And uh, he was editing these pictures. And they were, he, he was putting these, these, these pictures of, of the faces of displaced people in, for instance, in Dubai or in New York. In Paris. Yes, in Paris, yes. And I was like, okay, this is a good story. And I was talking to him. And then I realized of, uh, of like the depth of the story, which was like, uh, because they were kind of like kitsch pictures, you know, like they were kind of funny, you know. But when you look into it, he was like, okay, these people, they are trapped here, but they would like to be in Dubai or in Paris. Okay, so I put the, the background and then they are there. Kind of like a fantasy, right? Kind of like a, a fantasy that they, they wish that they were there. And you wrote that some of the pictures even included flowers just because people hadn't seen a flower in so long. That's right. That's right. So it's uh, this fantasy when, when, when you're in, in a part of the world, in this case, South Sudan, this was in, in Malacca. It's uh, one of the worst uh, scenarios which I've seen in the, in the past years in terms of uh, the world, but also... Uh, poverty, uh, diseases, and in this context, you, you can see why, why people, they just want to run away. Yeah. How did your obsession, as you call it, begin with people whose stories also tell the story of a country, a war, a revolution, a political process, and a social movement? 
at the end, this 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 kind of the book of my professional career. So it really comes along with what I've been doing. So I was corresponding with a Spanish news agency, EFE, in India and in Pakistan. And then I did, I did some coverages also in Afghanistan. So I wrote about many other issues, but at the end I was, uh, I was focusing on, on this. And then also I, I started working for, for Doctors Without Borders, and then also I was a freelance afterwards. And I realized increasingly that this is what the, the, the stories I was focusing on. And, and there was a moment in which I thought, okay, so because I'm not this kind of journalist, I really uh, admire these this journalists who do this, no? but I, I'm not really in the front line. So I'm, I try to look for the story behind the front line. And the, the story be behind the front line are the, the people fleeing war. And I thought that it was, a, it was a good idea to give them face and voice. What would you say was the hardest part about writing this book? And, and also with that, what was the best part about writing this book? The most difficult thing, of course, is to give a balanced uh, picture of what's going on in the world. I mean, at the end, you, you have to visit a lot of countries. So... Like this is a very big effort. Uh, it took me like uh, at the end, like 10 years. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying like more like the, the job, no? If you ask me for, for the job, that will be the most difficult part. Of course, uh, then when you go in, in, in the field and you face a, a variety of, of situations, no? But this is something more that comes with the, with, with the job. And, and at the end, this only gave me like good things, like uh, all the people I've met, there are like more than 200 people whom I speak with, but um, I, like I, I learned a lot personally, and it was a, it was really good to to be able to 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 collect all these all these stories in this book. Um, how were you able to manage the challenges that came with acting as a journalist, but also as a compassionate listener? Yeah, this is a big question. Um, I write in the book that uh, like this is not a book about open borders. Neither is a, is a xenophobic uh, book, of course. And at the end, uh, it's difficult because in some situations, like I try to be balanced always, but in some situations, I think there's, there's no middle ground. Like for instance, when I was in a rescue boat in the Mediterranean, uh, there's a story in the book about this. You see uh, that uh, there are people dying in the, in the sea. So, and this book, of course, is mainly about injustice. No? Yeah. So at the end... In situations like this, I think there's no there's no middle ground. But what I try to do is just to depict them, to depict the situation, and also to approach approach the people. Like this was also one of the biggest uh, challenges in the book. That okay, I go, I speak with uh, someone, and then I I write. For instance, this person he fled from Syria and uh, he lost family members or whatever. And at the end, what we're doing is focusing on the on the trauma of of the person. But the stories, they go beyond that, no? And that's what I try to do, not focusing on, on that and uh, explaining, like, the, the whole story, which sometimes can be even boring. Like, uh, the life of refugees in a refugee camp, I don't know, in Turkey, it's, uh, it's boring because they, they have no horizon, they have no uh, perspective of the, of the future. So to try to explain that sometimes is, is, is challenging, but at the, at the same time, I think it's enlightening for the, for the readers and it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. What surprised you the most while talking to the refugees and the non-refugees? One of the things that I realized, and this only you realize when you go in depth, like uh, in, in, in some of these communities, is that there's someone always uh, below, uh, by which I mean there's always a community that it's even in a worse situation. And this is something dif like, for instance, I remember there's some stories about uh, Afghanistan in the, in the book, and about uh, Afghan refugees, and I remember, um, that, I mean, they're fleeing from one of the worst uh, scenarios of war in the in the last decades, 
And I remember then they were trying to, to, to reach Europe saying that they were Syrians because they knew, they thought that uh, if they presented themselves uh, as Syrians, they had more chances to, to go through. And uh, so you always realize that this situation in which, uh, uh, okay, this community is in a bad situation, but there's even someone who's in a, in a worse situation because of how the system is built. Yeah. Sometimes it, it makes them even uh, like uh, enter into a, in a, in a kind of uh, competition sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Pins them against each other. Um, I was also thinking about the fact that some of these people were even willing to speak to you at all was, was surprising and, and such a gift. Did you, did you find that? Yes, because I wouldn't do it myself. If I was fleeing from uh, war in, in, in Afghanistan, let's say, I don't know, maybe I would, but uh, I think I wouldn't talk to, to a journalist. Why? What's the, what's the point? What's the gain? And, and, and most of them, they, they, they did. And, and uh, uh, this is, a, of course, this is always a, uh, a big gift. And, uh, but I think the key is, is time. Like what I try to do, because of course, many of the people, I mean, uh, which I talked to, they said they didn't want to have an interview or they told me, or they told me the story about this, but I don't want it to be published. But the key, I think, is, is, is time. Many of the, uh, of the people in the book, I talked to them uh, several times. Even I could follow them in, in time. So you can see what, what's happening with them after a few years uh, or after a few months or whatever. I'm in Central African Republic. I meet uh, someone. Uh, I, mean, I meet this uh, woman uh, uh, fleeing towards the, the border and she tells me what's going on. Many times it's impossible to, to track these this, this people. But sometimes you can do it and I think it's, it's worth it because it's... Uh, it's a thing that we, we journalists, I think we should be keep doing. And even the, the people in, in, in my book, I, I know that like the book is alive because things are happening to them now. And, and uh, one of them, I remember recently, uh, he told me he had a daughter, for instance, and, and uh, they are now somewhere else. They are not in the town where they, they got there at the beginning in Germany. So I think it, this is very important to, to, to do the follow-up. What is the most important thing you want readers to take away from this book? At the end, like it's not like a book about refugees. It's more a book about, about the refugee experience. So the idea is just to be able to to know these these people and 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 you can see from the origins to the destinations what are they going through. And it's not like a heavily loaded ideological book. Uh, it's not like that. It's more uh, a book depicting the reality of uh, nowadays. And also, I think it's very diverse in the sense that. Uh, you go to Asia, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, also to Mexico. So like you have a broad picture of the movements of population and hopefully it gives you a good understanding of, uh, of, the, of these movements of population due to conflicts. And also it gives you the human side of the, of the story and who are the, the, the people uh, fleeing uh, wars all over the world. I think that's a beautiful response and a, a, an excellent endeavor. And um I thank you so much for your time talking to us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to the audience for listening. And please join us for the next LitCast. <laughs>